What is good, Defenders? Welcome to episode 70 of Defenders of the Bank. Today, Defenders of the Bank is on the road yet again, back at one of our favorite places to record, the main offices of LAFC in lovely, traffic-snarled downtown Los Angeles. I swear to God, it took me longer to get off the freeway to this place than it did to get here from Culver City. Sitting directly to my left... That's right. My partner in pod, Christian Philly Philemon. Hey! I watched Wayne's World 2 the other day, and that scene with Mr. Scream. Yeah. I wanted to like... No, I'm so glad you're in charge of the levels of our mics on our pod for that one. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and we are lucky enough today to be joined by LAFC's Do Everything, Be Everywhere digital manager, and I believe that's your current title, right? Digital manager? That's what they tell me. That's That's what what my paycheck says. I like it. All right. You guys know him as the co-host of the Inside LAFC podcast with Max Bredos, the incredible writer of all things MLS and LAFC, Vince LaRosa. Vince, welcome to Defenders of the Bank. Welcome to the office, guys. This is great. We are currently actually sitting in Rich Orozco's office. Thank you, Rich. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, can I tell you, I've seen you guys in the office a few times, and I feel like you might be here more often than I am, because <laughs> I'm usually not here. And We've only been here a couple of times. Yeah, I get a lot of shtick from people. They're like, well, maybe if you were here, I'm like, yeah, I'm only doing my job. At yeah, you're no big everywhere. deal. No you, big deal. We're actually going to talk about something you were at today, actually, the big announcement regarding Bank of California Stadium. So that's going to be fun. You know, we did have two big pieces of news come down this week, one We'll get to a little bit later regarding the expansion draft. But again, Vince, the big announcement today, November 20th, unveiling probably the worst kept secret in MLS that the All-Star Game is coming to the bank. That's going to be exciting times. A little more work for you to do. Yeah, everyone knew about it, what, Monday, three three days ago? Right. Uh, Can I tell you something? And and I'm going to just gripe for a second. Everything about the announcement was great, except for one thing. What's that? There were a bunch of former players there, yeah. and we were calling them legends. Right. Do you guys remember who the former players were during that live stream? Let's Kobe see. Jones was there. Okay. Yeah. Landon Donovan Landon was Donovan. there. Okay. That's all I saw. We're, so we're still, we're still there. A lot of former. Pablo Pardo. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, and now the fourth one, and the one that uh, now I have a problem with, okay. Brian Jordan was there. Hmm. I don't know if Brian Jordan listens to the pod, but. Well, we know Brian Jordan does. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, Thank you, Brian. He's part of the millions. And, and millions. Yeah. Brian, but Brian, I don't know uh, who Brian Jordan is. I'm sorry. Uh, which is why I have a problem. <laughs> Brian Jordan is a former Galaxy player. I think he was former uh, Oregon State Beaver. Okay. Uh, you know, had a, a decent amount of speed, a good motor, uh, but not a legend. <laughs> no, no. And, and I was bummed with the lack of LAFC representation there. I get that they were, you know, talking about legends. They they could have brought an Aaron Kovar. He's a LAFC mm-hmm. legend who's no yeah. longer in MLS. Well, Aaron Kovar's working on his his masters. Yeah, so, you know, Stanford. We've yeah. got we got places to be. Our boys, you know, they had a, a historic season, so they need some well earned off. Time. Yeah, a little bit of downtime. We got to hang out with a couple of them, Jordan Harvey and Latif, over at Pink's Hot Dogs. And yep. if there's anything I can tell you, it's that Jordan Harvey is enjoying his downtime hot dogs. That's for sure. So <laughs> he had a good time. How does uh, he do it? Man? And, and you know, it's nice that we are going to be there to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Major League Soccer. It's of course the new format. We're going to be facing off against the Liga MX All-Stars. What do you think about the new format? I mean, the format is something that everyone's wanted for so long, right? right? And it makes so much sense. I mean, we one of the things Don Garber said in there is we want to have the most competitive All-Star game. Yeah. We can debate on whether that's the right thing to do. I think All-Star games are always exhibitions. It doesn't really matter. However, if you're going to have a competitive All-Star game, the way to do it is not by bringing in a team like Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid because, one, they're a team. They've played together in their sleep. They know patterns. They can do certain things. Right. That's not competitive. Right. But if you have a regional competition of some teams that and some players that maybe already have a little bit of animosity and have some pride on the line, yeah. that's when you have something real. And I'd say this. People are already saying, oh, well, Liga MX is so much better than MLS. The real difference in golf between our leagues is – not the top-end players. Not the players we're going to see in that All-Star game. It's the players that maybe fill out bench roles or, or you know, more like our journeyman type players. Sure. There's, there's, the floor on their players is a lot higher than the floor on our players. So as it pertains to this All-Star game, this is going to be an awesome game. I mean, I really, realistically think that this the level of our top guys versus the level of their top guys, it's going to be a great game and something really cool to watch. Yeah. You think we're still going to have that skills competition going? Rumor is we will. Yeah, be awesome. that was my favorite part of the All-Star game, quite honestly, Scarf. Oh, that was so Even much fun. Even though I was streaming it on my laptop with my cat right next to me. I've never actually cared for or rooted for Orlando City players before in my life, but that was pretty sweet right there at the end, the yeah. buzzer beater. and 
That was a cool day. I think they'll have to change a few things because I my favorite part of that day was they're like, okay, we set up all these things. It probably took us three hours to set up. Right. And the players go, and no one we're just going to hit the crossbar the whole time. <laughs> Thanks. Which, by the way, I teach middle school. I can tell you that my middle schoolers, that's all they're trying to do at soccer practice anyway, too. I watch crossbar. professional soccer players. That's all they do. <laughs> right, right. Literally. Like, guy, honestly, they'll, so during training, they'll, they'll move the goals like to – set up different drills sure and if any of the players it doesn't matter who it is have a ball <laughs> at their feet and the even if the goal is moving they are trying to hit the cross <laughs> guaranteed i doubt it's awesome. even just professional players i imagine the emls type people like the uh, skills competition prior to getting ready for a fifa matchup that's always fun i find myself constantly trying to hit the targets electronically yeah philly's been brushing up on his fifa i think next year he's going to try to get in on the uh EMLS craze. Shout out to our buddy Alex Sale. On your birthday today, buddy. Happy birthday, Alex happy Sale. Happy birthday, yeah. fellow Hoosier. Yeah, you know, so like we said in the open, really happy to be sitting here with Vince Lewis. Now, Vince, your title is digital manager, but talk to us about how, especially over the course of this season, it feels like your role has really evolved and grown and kind of taken on a shape of its own. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we've we've avoided, I mean, digital manager is my title. The one thing that people like to say is you're the insider, and I hate that term <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I guess it, it is the best way to describe kind of what I try to do and what I try to bring to people. Uh, most of my work is done through the writing, but, yeah, this year I've I've ventured more into the TV side. They, they keep inviting me back, and I keep showing up in various degrees of – weird clothing so <laughs> i mean if that hasn't thrown them off then i don't know what will right 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 uh, clearly they believe you're more than just a face for radio yeah i mean i i hate you know i like to spend a lot of times with with the guys and, and chatting about things that maybe aren't just straight up the game and, and learning things so that we can share them on other platforms sure. so you guys can get to know them more i mean i think that's probably my biggest goal for everyone is to be a conduit to what guys like yourselves or even just the most casual fan want to know about players and that's whether you want to know about Tam and Gam or you want to know, you know, what's this guy's thing, favorite thing to do? What's he like off the field? Sure. Uh, is he a type of dude that likes to listen to music? What's the locker room like? What, you know, who's the jokester? Who's like, the best uh, ping pong player? The best ping pong player. I've heard Edward Atuesta is the best Ooh, ping pong player. All right. Like to the that. point where he considered being a professional ping pong player. Really? Wow. Well, Edward, we hope that you stay on LAFC. Yeah, we prefer you here in the team. midfield. I, I've told him he's made the, he's definitely made, made the, the right, right choice. choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of eyes on him all across. So in this last season or so, you definitely got to appear more on television. You got to appear more on you know in front of the camera rather than just writing and, and, and behind it and, and in a podcast form. What do you look forward to most going into season three about you know what your role could be even more expanded down the line? Ooh, that's tough to say. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of the same things we do really well and doing better. Right. Nice. Um, I will say one. I'll tease one thing. One thing I'm I'm working on that I really want to do, um, that you see on me, tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Tattoos. We're gonna we're gonna look. I'm gonna look to do something cool with tattoos. So if you've got soccer inspired tattoos, thinking about getting an LFC inspired tattoo, something like that. You, you know, Vince. I'm just sorry. Look it's funny. Look for me. It's funny you bring that up because there is a. I don't want to say a wager, but a more of an agreement that has yet to be paid off by the man sitting to my direct left. Uh, Christian Philly Philemon here. Now, you had said, Philly, that you were going to get the Defenders of the Bank logo tattooed on you at some point, and that point has already passed. So, Philly, maybe we could talk with Vince here about possibly getting a tattoo done while... <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that right now, but we just had some of the uh, bigwigs here of LAFC walk through. This is a lot of fun. Bigwig is a, is, a, is a good name for Pat. <laughs> We got Pat and Benchy and Marcus, and I didn't see who was the fourth person that walked by. Uh, Jeff Parrish. Oh, look yeah, at that. Yeah. Oh, we got Jeff. Oh, my Graphic goodness. Graphic designer extraordinaire. That's right. The the man who helped the scarf become a reality. Yeah. And not like me, the scarf, but like the actual scarf. Yeah, no, your drew, mom and dad were the ones. I know. My mom and dad had a lot to do with he that. He drew you into existence. <laughs> he drew me, yes, he drew me into existence. So, Philly. This tattoo, maybe you and uh, Vince, after we're done recording today, you guys get to. Uh, no, talk I'm down it. with that because I mentioned that I would get the tattoo done after we hit. And you're clearly followers. not shy about tattoos. Why? Why are we waiting so long? Yeah, he mentioned after a thousand followers, we're at about forty three hundred followers okay. now. Okay, so he's on a fifth idea for a tattoo. He's now. a little. He's a little behind it now. So. I thought to a myself little. it would be a little disrespectful to get defenders tattooed on my body before anything LAFC. So I think I would like to go down that route. I did have an idea to put something right here on the forum. I'd love to have the wing. Right here, so that way when I kind of go like this, you know, I got the, I got the wing right there, and then maybe I work up something here where there's an LAFC bit, 
a Defenders of the Bank bit, a Schmitty McMitten's tattoo, oh and I goodness. love Panda, and I love Scarf. I love Scarf Eddie <laughs> even more. I don't know. There's the all kinds one. of ideas. All right, so you've heard Philly here writing a lot of checks that he's got to cash. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be a canvas. We'll get like four artists to just go at you all at once. Oh, yeah, see? I'm look f- at this. I'm fine with well, that. Sounds kind of I think, I think <laughs> we've got your opening episode for whatever it is you want, or uh, yeah. at least one of the episodes. I mean, I'm down to do it. I don't care. The parents always said, they're going to look like crap when you're older. And my rebuttal to that is, Mom and Dad, I'm going to look like crap when I'm older anyway, so what does it matter? At least I have a story to tell on my body. All good. Well, we get to talk about, to talk about that. tattoos, though. We get to talk about that with your parents when they come in town in the next week or so. So that'll Jeez, be ask my mom about the first tattoo I got. Scared her to pieces. So, Vince, <laughs> what an incredible season, though, that we just finished here. Supporter Shield, obviously a much deeper run into the playoffs than we experienced the season before. Being, I'll use your word, the the insider that you are around the team, talk to us about what it was like to cover a team that seemed like they were on such a special run for the entire year. Yeah, it was one of those weird feelings where, and I like to ask a lot of the people, team or just fans, like, where was it that you thought, like, this team was not just a good team, but a historically great team? Yeah. Because uh, we like to sit and just kind of, we have a lot of downtime in the office. So we sit and we talk about like how good we can be. And we were looking back at that past season and looking. And I remember, and I brought it up multiple times with, with Max on our podcast and the other people being ridiculed by some fans for saying like, look, the team's not changed much and that's a good thing. And people are like, well, where, how are we going to defend? How are we going to do this? We, we need a forward. We need all these things. And I'm right, like, look, right, look, right. look, give them time to mesh. Literally, these, most of these guys literally shook hands and met each other for the first time. Didn't even know the homes that they were going to go to. A lot of them needed to continue to put practice into their GPS. I mean, these are little things that you don't think about, right. but players definitely deal with them and it weighs heavy on them. So I'm, I'm looking in the season and we're, the, remember those first few games we, we won tight and I kept yeah. thinking to myself, I was like, man, that's the one thing that we lacked last year. And I would tell people, this is going to bode well for us. Like I know LAFC can blow teams out. I know that when bad teams show up that they can just boat race them. See you later. Yeah. We're, we're done and dusted by the 60th minute. But what I didn't know is can we win those games where, Things are tight. We're getting fouled. We need a, an ugly goal. We, need just, we just don't need to dribble it into the net. We need to just get something and get lucky. And when we had those, literally two games in the season, I was like, man, this is, this is going to be good. But I talked to a lot of guys, and they said it was either after the D.C. game or after the San Jose game. So remember, we had those back-to-back. Yep. Yeah. It's one thing. It's, you know what's weird? We were talking about some great uh, moments. And I said, man, guys, we've had so many great moments that we've forgotten great moments. We had back-to-back True. road hat tricks Yep, from uh, San Jose to D.C. Yeah. Like, that's something that you probably we won't see again in a long time. Yeah, And that's so, something super cool. But a lot of guys say that those two games, because the D.C. game was billed as the probable MLS Cup before MLS Cup, right? Right, right. I, I always wanted to say, I said pump the brakes a little bit because I didn't think D.C. was as good as they were, but they and they okay. definitely came back to earth. Right, right. Um, but when you go and beat a team the way we beat D.C. on the road, that doesn't yeah. happen in this league. So that's when people really started to kind of get an idea. Um, and I think for us, you know, we we fell into it a little bit like, you know, the nostalgia, not the nostalgia, but just like that, that good warm feeling where it was like, that groove. Yeah. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know when and by how much, right. obviously towards the end of the season, things pattered out as they probably should. You grind at that last part of the season. Right. Um, but we always kind of after, yeah, after like the midway of the season, it was almost like a fait accompli. It's happening. We just don't know when. Right. Um, and so that was kind of cool because in a lot of ways we could actually say like, Hey, enjoy this. You know, and I hate to say it because, like, look, it, it, maybe we will break the record again next season. But more than likely, we'll be a really, really good team that won't quite break the record. And that'll right. be disappointing. Right. Look, I'll be disappointed. I'll be bummed. I don't want to lose games. Sure. Losing four games was, like, the coolest thing hmm. in the – like, to, yeah. to think, like, we could have sep- – we separated out those four games. Most of them were on the road. Most of them were with rotated squads, too. So we always had something to say, like, man, this team's still good. We just had to move some pieces around. This is the way it happens. Um. But yeah, you you we had the chance to be able to say like, man, this is something really great, and really drink it in. Whereas sometimes you look back at the season and go, whoa, that was just a blur. Like right. I literally don't remember so much. And I think it was just so cool that like from the get go, from like those first you know five to seven games in, we were like, yo, this is special. So enjoy every moment of it. And one of the cool things was there was guys on the team that had done cool things and actually would continue to say that. Like Bob would continue to say that. You know, at a certain point he would sit the guys down and say like, don't forget. This might not ever happen again. Right. So let's go for it. Let's go for everything. Let's go for every trophy. Let's go for every record because 
how close are we ever going to be to this yeah. again? So was that Bob's message throughout the whole season? that Because, you know, you hear a lot of things on the outside. Like maybe we should take it slow. Maybe we should worry about this cup or that or whatever. Was Bob pushing the whole season? I don't think through the whole season. I think the first part of the season was, guys, let's take the best things that we did last year, the things that we were still maybe learning on, and let's do them better. That, I mean, that honestly, the through line between what's on the field and what you see in this office and yeah. what we do on the outside is – Let's always take the things that we do well and make them better. Yeah. You know, when you look at LFC compared to maybe a lot of clubs is we don't we don't just do things to do things. We have a lot of stuff that we really like that's within our, you know, sphere of what we think is important to the the core of our being. And we're like, man, well let's let's do it better again. Let's yeah. do it better again. Let's do it better again. Whereas some might go, Oh yeah, we've we've uh we've accomplished that. We know we know what we're doing here. Let's just move on. We don't that's kinda not our thing. So I think the beginning of the season was that. Let's let's get better in this system. Let's let's press higher. Let's win balls, you know, higher up the pitch. Let's put teams under pressure. And I think once they got kind of a grips of that, it was almost like the two kind of went hand in hand. Where sure. it's like, you know, we've got the grips of it one because of the results, but also the results are telling you that we should continue to push even harder. Sure. So I think midway, Bob started talking like that. I think three quarters of the way season, although he maybe had once in a while gone to the team maybe as like a motivation to say hey guys go for it sure let's go for it sure. let's you know those days you don't feel quite your 100% remember that this could be the difference between breaking that record and doing this um but i think yeah definitely in the beginning of the season though it's it's trophies yeah. i mean look if you could tell me okay well you guys would have lost more games but you would have won mls cup i would have taken it sure easily sure. now Despite the fact that we put the shebang-bang on so many teams early on in the season, the one game that we were all looking forward to to see if we could finally get over that hump, get over that little speed bump, if you will, get over the wall, whatever the case may be, the energy, the build-up to that team down the road, that team down in Carson, was unlike anything that we ever felt in our short time together as LAFC fans. Following the team as closely as you do, could you feel that as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing... So there was this weird, like evolution of the team throughout all the galaxy matches yeah whereas like the first few were like yeah we're, we naturally don't like them they're down the road we don't really know them as well a lot of guys were new to the league but they're like we're down the road the proximity breeds the hate just in, sure. in what it is and then when they showed up you know that first game when they showed up and they saw the supporters and like man these guys are so loud like i know it becomes cliche where we say like teams are bonded with their supporters but i think legitimately that really touched a lot of guys where they were like man like, I knew I wasn't supposed to like these guys, <laughs> but look at how much it means to these people. Right. And even in the loss and how bad it was and how horrible everyone felt, I think when a lot of guys went over to, to clap the, the way supporters, it was to remind themselves, like, man, these guys, it means so much more. And so it became, it went from, like, we kind of don't like them to, oh, don't worry, we, we got this. It's another game to back to, okay, no, 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 that does, that's not working. That it's work not another game. We take it different. We want to win it. And I think the the playoff one felt like a weird mix in between where it was like, for sure we don't like these guys. Right. <laughs> like, And it's become personal on so many levels. There yeah. was the uh, Mohamed El Munir incident, sure. uh, the Latif things. Yep. Um, you know, Billboards. You, you, it, the funny thing was, I mean, look, you can pick on some guys like, you can pick on Carlos Vela because Carlos is he can take it and right. he's an easy target because he's the he's the face just like Zlatan's an easy target. Sure. But when you start picking on guys like Latif, right, Mohamed El Monir, you're you're gonna ruffle some people's feathers that normally might be like, oh, this is just fun and games. So this is normal. To them, they looked at it like, oh no no, you've taken it now a step personal. too far. Yeah. Um. And they, yeah, the the playoff game was this weird in between, but I felt this supreme confidence from the guys really because they were like, look. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the most pressurized situation, the one where we can knock them out and we can gain so much more from it. And it's not to say that they didn't want to win that game where we came back and it was 3-3. Three, three. Sure. And if Carlos doesn't get hurt, we're winning that game 5-3, 6-3. I mean, we were pummeling them. Zlatan, I remember Zlatan walked right down the center, like right down Broadway, right through the field club to go off the pitch. And we like locked eyes for a second. I looked at him. He, he had this look. And he even said on the broadcast, gassed. Just completely yeah. Yeah, he was done to the point that I think that's why he walked down there. He's like, I'm not going to the farther tunnel, <laughs> guys. I gotta go out this way. Yeah. Um. But but back to that. Yeah, that playoff game. It, the idea was, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen now when it's the most important moment. And they all it, they all embraced that, like legitimately all embraced that, and all used it as uh 
you know, obviously it came undone against Seattle, but they all use it as like, what, this is how it has to be. This was, it was born to be this way. Right. This is what makes our careers, what makes it worth playing. Um, and I think they really embrace that. And you, that's what you guys felt. That's what we all felt. Definitely. And the funny thing was the game still had all the same things that we remembered from the other ones. Like it wasn't like we just came out and w- like somebody goes, I could see it going to penalties. I was like, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance this game goes to penalties. And somebody goes, well, could you see it being a one nil? I go again, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> like it had, it had the, we raced out. It had the comeback. It had the, the Zlatan Tyler aspect to it. But the but the one thing that it had uh, all different was the guys picked themselves up each time and said, absolutely, yeah. we are not losing. I mean, when Dio picks up that ball at midfield and is like, and I'm thinking to myself, because I love Dio, right. and I love everything he does, and I love when he does those things where he gets the ball, he's got a head of steam, he's a bull in a china shop, right? Because <laughs> he can he can he can dribble, he's powerful. But I always sometimes I sit there in the press box, I'm like, pass, pass now, or shoot now, shoot now, and I was yelling, I was literally yelling like, <laughs> now, now, now. Took the extra touches that normally didn't go right, but he he had it and he nailed it. That was right? beautiful. But you, it was there was something in me where we all, I mean, you guys probably felt it in the stands. Where it's yeah. like when he picked up that ball, you're like, oh man, right? Dude, like turn well, on turn on the cameras. It's we on. We had talked about it, it being Dio of all people, especially after everything he had yeah. gone through with everything with the league and everything with yeah. you know the the speculation, whatever it might have been, for it to be Dio, you know, it just it just meant the world. So well, we know the season did end the way we wanted it to, but. Where do you stand on the Shield versus Cup debate? I know that's something that, you know, obviously a lot of LAFC fans have taken the one side of because yeah. we have a Shield, we don't have a Cup. But in terms of, you know, the rest of major professional soccer in Europe pretty much decides mm-hmm. everything based on the Shield, not on based a Cup or not based on a Cup. Where do you fall on that in terms of how it, what it means to MLS and, and how it should kind of shape our thinking on things? I mean... the the fact of the matter is this, and people can argue with which one they want more. First of all, we all go into the season, you want both. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, the people that are saying, like, oh, this is just a, uh, a fake made-up trophy because they didn't win it, liars. You mm-hmm. want all the trophies. Like, the, if, if you're not a big club if you don't want all the trophies, and that's Open Cup included. Any team that punts on Open Cup, I don't care how good you are, you're, you cannot consider yourself a great team if you're punting on Open Cup. Mm. Straight up. I mean, you just can't. But Shield is this. It's seven months of great soccer. Right. And for the fans that we have, for the atmosphere that we have, could you imagine losing five, six games at home, winning cup and feeling great about it? Right, right. I mean, you would, of course, you're going to celebrate it. But we, at this point, like at this point, we would be in the season. Like, let's say we didn't win Sports Shield, but we won the cup. You and I would all be sitting here and saying, like, how can we be better next year? Right. You know? Right. And, but the Supporter Shield gives you that idea where, man, we've got that base. We have longevity. And fact of the matter is, look, for LAFC, it, was, it would have been three games to win the Cup. For Seattle, it was four games to win the Cup. Four games. The variance in four games. Like, right. that is uh, – that's indisputable. You take the l- name off the league, take the name off the teams. Indisputable. Within four games, there's variance. I mean, and that's what we saw in that Seattle game. Seattle played out of their mind. We didn't play well. They had a great game plan. Right. We weren't able to get past that game right. plan. That's one game. But – if that happens in the regular season, well, hey, we come back out and we could roll off 10 in a row. Right. Now, only a great team can roll off 10 in a row after a performance like that. So, to me, I like the Sports Shield because it says, hey, look, over these seven months, we are going to play great soccer. And I, and I, this is not my own idea. This is from Matt Doyle at MLS Soccer. He says, it's the best reward to your fans, which is why it's named the Sports Shield. You're basically saying, look, we are going to give you the longest amount of good soccer where you know – Hey, let's go. Let's go to the match this weekend. We're probably going to win. Whereas, obviously, in the playoffs, you're like, oh, we hope we win. But if you get, if you're that supporter show winning team, you can show up with pride yeah. every week. You see that away section, you go, man, you guys are in for it, right? Because like, this is the way we play. We don't, we don't take games off, and especially in a league where it used to be, hey, win at home, tie on the road, and we were like, sure. no, 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 we don't play different away from home than we do than we do at home. Uh, I think it's a big step for the league. And I think the more teams take that serious, the more MLS Cup becomes more important. I mean, the, both should be important. I'm I'm not against the playoffs, but we should give kind of a weight, like an equal value to them. And when one is a cup and one is a trophy for longevity. Sure, yep. sure. What are your thoughts on the way the playoff format worked out this season as compared to last? I dig it. I mean, I loved it. I mean, look, if we're gonna call it a cup, let's have it. Let's have it be a cup. Let's go chaos. Right. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, like I just said, there's that variance. So let's go as much variance and chaos as we can. <laughs> I think they they did their best to 
to give a team like us who who played so well uh, the most advantages we possibly could. Sure. Um, now we can argue about scheduling. Obviously, some of those are with TV windows and things like that. That's that's the only part of me that I understand it. No, especially now being full fledged in the business and, sure. and needing to promote it. But the competitive part of me is like, man, may, can we not have weird gaps? At least we didn't play through international breaks. Thank God. Um, but yeah, there were some weird things. I mean, being off for 20 days. Yeah. I mean, that was my, honestly, my only concern about playing the galaxy was we've just been off for 20 days. Yeah. And we're going to have to go from zero to 100. Whereas the galaxy actually had four days and look, or a game and then had four days and yeah. four days. Honestly, uh, one of the things that we, people talk about and like we talked about through the season when people were like, why is, why is Velo playing every week, week in and week out guys, the, the way the modern game works, man, if, if you it's just a have a, a, it's a grind, but if you only have, if you have four days, that's enough time. Now, if you're doing it week in and week out for like three or four weeks, yeah, you're talking about wear and tear, but just within one week, it's enough time. Okay. Yeah, I'd say it actually worked in our favor because you mentioned it earlier. When the line walked off the pitch for the game against us, you said he looked, and he admitted that he looked gassed. Yeah. The fact that they'd had that short time of period for a guy his age, I'm about his age. I can't run like I, I was able to run back in my 20s. We are sitting here in Richard Roscoe's office. And behind why, why is your hand in his desk, by the way? Stop. <laughs> don't pull that out. Scarlett. Thanks, boss. <laughs> <laughs> behind you, Vince, is this picture of the crowd, the front row of the 3252. And the first face that we see in the crowd is Lee Wynn. And the other big piece of news, obviously, that we all experienced over the course of this week was the expansion draft. And with the third pick in this year's expansion draft, Miami, let me see if I can get it right, Inter-Miami CF is all the different adjectives that they've got Bingo. going on there. They chose midfielder Lee Wynn, and it's a huge loss, just not just on the pitch for us, obviously, but he was he was a pretty big fabric of, of what happened there. We know what losing Lee means kind of on the pitch for us, but... Being that you covered him for the last season and a half or so that he was with the team, mm -hmm. what else are we losing by losing a guy like Lee Wynn? Yeah, I think I think you hit you hit it on the head with with wanting to bring up the off the pitch first because we can talk. We'll talk about on the pitch what, sure. what Lee brings and and why that was probably a good pick for Inter Miami. Um, but off the pitch, and I, I noticed this, and it was touching to me to kind of just sit and go through the messages that I was seeing from from all the people that I follow on Twitter and just the ones that are popping in my feed. Lee meant something more than what he was on the pitch. I think sure. for a lot of people, he's, he's a, he was like a mirror, right? You look, and you know, I know it's become a bigger thing, and I don't want to get too like, heavy-handed on this, but like, representation matters sure. to people. And I think for a lot of people, they looked at Lee Wynn and said, man, that guy looks like me. Right. Like, and, and it wasn't just that he had you know, Asian-American heritage, too. It was that the dude loved to play video games. Like, he, loved <laughs> right, to right. he loved to go on Twitch. Like he loved, uh, he had he had tastes in, in style and music. And he was a guy that you could look at and say, like, I may not be able to play exactly like Lee Wynn, but he's someone that I can, you know, really connect with and represent. I think that to me that was one of the more touching things about Lee. Sure. Um, you know, the the thing I'll say about Lee that that's kind of behind the scenes is this: there was a time, obviously, he, going into this season, we all thought, you know, Latif Blessing is a winger. Lee Wynn's a central midfielder, right? Right. Lee Wynn gets hurt. Latif Blessing, hey, he's a central midfielder, not just <laughs> any central midfielder, like an all-star level, good one. best yeah. 11 caliber central midfielder. Lee's hurt. He comes back. Hey, sorry, dude. Like, what we've got going here is a little bit different. You Don't worry. There'll be times for you. And, and Lee did get chances to get in. Sure. I'll tell you this, though. The, for like three months, I would see him, and he, he'd always leave the same way, just kind of peace and be like, hey, later, guys, and would leave out. And I would grab him sometimes and be like, hey, man, I, I can't wait to see you out there. You know, I miss... I miss the, the Lee yeah. Wynn swag. He goes, oh, it's still there. It's still there. The one great thing about Lee was he didn't change. Sure. Like, he, did his ad he didn't sulk. Like, that was just him. Like, when he was playing, that's how he walked out. Yo, peace out, everybody. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're just, like, t you know, kind of just take off. Because he right. just had this easygoing manner about him. So that, like, even when in those three months where he was not playing much, they're training every day, giving his all at training every day and putting in it. And then towards the end of the season, we, we get to see him kind of the rise back where he kind of comes back because Mac is out a little bit. We yeah. get to see the things that Lee can do differently. And I think that's, that's a big testament to what Lee brings on the pitch. So we get to talk, you know, we talked a little bit about how much people see him, but that's to me, that is for a player of Lee wins caliber to be able to put aside his ego and say, uh, Latif blessing right now, is in a vein of form and in a moment that this team is playing so well, I, I can't get into the team. Sure. But 
I'm going to continue to try and I'm not going to change my attitude. I'm not going to sulk. I'm not going to be that guy that maybe breaks up the locker room just because I feel like I'm Lee Wynn, former MVP, 50-50 guy right. that sh- thinks he should be in. No, he just went out and did his job. And I think that's that's a real testament. And then, and that's something that we're going to miss. And, but I would say in terms of Inter-Miami, I mean, that's that was the pick, man. Like, right, yeah. Right. It was... I tried to convince myself going into it, like, that's not going to be the pick because I'm with you guys. I don't want to lose the lead. Right. I was like, uh, maybe it could be Muhammad. Maybe it'll be nobody. Maybe they don't even want anyone. But if you think of it this way, attacking and talent is where you spend the most amount of money. Right. Always, always. Right. And usually, or as of late, teams are going international with it too. Man, Lee wins a proven attacking talent, whether as a 10, and has recreated himself more as like an all-around midfielder. But he doesn't take up international slot. You know for sure what he can do, like, and he's at a reasonable cap hit. I mean, he makes good coin, sure, but he's at he's not he's not a DP level anymore. Um, that's got to be. I mean, for a team like Miami, that's to have that now. Uh, you know, I I wish good luck to Lee, not to enter Miami. Sure, I wish good luck to Lee. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, when I when I'm looking at it, I'm putting my GM cap on, especially when we thought, saw some of the things that went on during that draft. I yeah. was like, yeah, well, that was a slam dunk. The weirdest thing to me was they were able to do it with their third pick. Like nowhere Nashville was like, yo, we could like slink or even they might've, if Nashville had taken another one of our players, Lee's off the board. Lee's off the board, right. So it just, it amazed me that, that was the only thing that amazed me about it was that they were able to get that far into the draft and Lee was still on the board. And, you know, I knew it was rough when MLS puts out their, their header for the article. Oh yeah, he's everywhere, right? He's on there and (laughs) he's on this and he's on that. I'm like, guys, can we not just show them that? Yeah, there was really no way they were going to forget about him. That's for sure. sure, Well, even, even if he wasn't on all the banners, I mean, Paul McDonough for Inter Miami (laughs) is, is a brilliant guy. I mean, he was the architect for the creation of Atlanta United's championship squad. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was salivating at the mouth, realizing that, oh my gosh, Nashville, like didn't pick Lee. No brainer right there. But as far as, you know, let me ask you this. As far as the rest of the unprotected list, were there any surprises on there? Were you surprised that, you know, it was Cisniega protected versus Miller? Were you surprised that Palacios was protected versus El Manier? Any surprises there? I wouldn't say so much surprise. I mean, obviously the goalkeeper one, we could probably talk till the end of time. You know, everyone has their, I think everyone has their favorite. And I don't know if everyone's favorite is based always in reality. Sure. The reality is this. Tyler played the bulk of games uh, for a team that was, historic now you could say you didn't like certain things here or you could say you liked certain things in pablo's game here i think both are still somewhat raw i mean for goalkeepers honestly like their prime age is like 28 yeah these guys are super young so they're they're gonna go through mistakes it was only tyler's first year as a you know now second year as like a full-time number one and i feel like in the beginning of the season he only really that was when he was like man I'm the number one. I got this. And Bob brought it up multiple times. That goal cup where he went and had a month off, it it, it was it's dev- it would be devastating to any player. Sure. Yeah. I didn't think of it so much because we don't think of goalkeepers quite the same way. But strength is a you know strength conditioning is still a thing, especially including timing and all those things like that. So I don't I don't think I, I see it as a surprise. But it I definitely didn't know that that was the way it was going to go. Uh, Palacios, I knew for for sure. I mean, they, look, we went up against the big boys to get sure. to get yeah, him. He, he he's, he's staying too on in his time that he did play. Um, you know, Muhammad is a guy that you kind of have to feel a little bit bad for, and not just because Zlatan like tried to break his face, break his face right? But it came in a moment where he was like pushing up that that level where he was maybe gonna you know push into being a, a starter possibly. Yeah, you know, and and it was just because he was figu- he finally kind of got an idea in the system, and I always say that. I think outside back, full back, whether left back or right back, are probably the the hardest positions, both physically and cerebrally, to play for Bob Bradley because you have to be a part of the attack and also a part of the first line of reaction to the ball. While b- keeping in mind, while you're forward, there's so much space behind you, and teams are gonna want to naturally play there. Now, Cheeky is, I mean, he's my he's my wild card going to next season. Yeah, he che- looks great. Cheeky's a a baller. I mean, he's a dude that can play. There's, there's a reason why the biggest talent, the biggest clubs were looking at this guy as a talent. So I think it just came down to, you know, we're in a salary cap league. You could only protect so many. Um, you know, I talked to John Thornton right before the draft. Some of it's going to be your best players. Some of it's going to be your young players. Some right. of it's going to be the guys that you have club control over. Muhammad was a guy that we didn't have as much club control over on contract wise. So you have to consider so much it, 
it would be easier, even though it doesn't seem like it. It actually would be easier if you could just rank your top 12 guys from how good they were. Right. Regardless of age, regardless of contract. And a lot of people will still argue that might be what we did either way. I think in a lot of ways it still is what your best guys are. But when you see a guy like Steam Bayshore. Sure. Steam Bayshore, a fantastic player. Um, you know, if he if he comes back here, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, he's a free agent. So, one, you play that calculus, right? So right. you go like, all right, we'd like to have Steven back. But a team might be silly to pick him anyways because you don't control him at all. You basically get a short window, and then free agency opens up in a couple days. And that's it. And he could literally just come back to LFC. And so you gave us 50K in GAM. Right. And, and hey, guess what? You don't even have a player out of it. Right. So those are those little mind games that you play in the little bit of calculus. And I think even the GMs probably chat a little bit saying like, hey, man, what do you – that's why there's that trade window. What are you thinking? There's right. that little bit of poker that you, you play into it. So I and, think – And a lot of deals that are just straight up made on the back end of it that they don't oh, tell yeah. anybody about. All those deals – yeah, all those deals that we saw after the draft, guarantee right. were agreed For sure. beforehand. For sure. So you brought up something real quick that – a lot of our listeners, and myself included, I know Philly has talked about this a couple times on the pod, but in Losingly Win, we acquired $50,000 in GAM, G-A-M, General Allocation Money. Okay. We know, that there's, <laughs> we, we know that there's GAM, and we know that there's TAM. Thank you, right. ma'am. And I don't know what either of those mean right. in the grand scheme of everything. So, Vince, you're the insider. Please explain to us the difference between GAM and TAM. The first thing to know is not real money. Okay. Right? So when I use GAM to buy down your contract, we're still paying you the same amount. Yeah. It's just for salary cap reasons, right? Got so it's it. just to leverage your salary cap because a lot of teams do spend up closer to salary cap. LAFC is actually a team that likes to keep a little flexibility. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons is if you have a chance to sign a Diego Chiqui Palacios sure. and you don't have cap space, guess what? You're not signing a Can't Diego sign Palacios. So right. like, literally, they, if they didn't have that cap space because he, he was a TAM-level player, you don't get him. Now... I think the easiest way to know GAM from TAM is this. General, GAM, general allocation money. It basically can be used to anything, to buy down anything. Okay. Right? So you can use it to buy down your DP. You could use it if you got a guy that makes, let's say you're, you want to bring in a guy at a $200,000 salary, but you got a guy that makes $400,000. He's not technically a TAM player. He's not a DP. You can buy him down to a cap hit of 200000 Got it. And now you can add another guy. Using GAM. Using GAM. Got it. TAM is more of your immediate. I think you should always consider TAM connected directly to DPs. Got it. Because basically what you're saying is, hey, this is a guy that is above that cap hit of 500 and whatever, 40000 Right. I, it, it'll, change, it'll change next season. Right. We'll talk about that in a little um, bit. We want, we want to bring him in, but it, we can't because we already have three. You use that directly right away. That's why somebody like Walker, who makes above 500, Dio, who makes above 500, should sure. be used for it. Or in the case of not for us, because our DPs, they have a, you know, a certain contract level and a certain transfer fee, which is important, which is I know you guys maybe have gotten <laughs> into with Diego Rossi. Everyone keeps saying, when can we buy down Diego Rossi? When can we do this? It gets right. amortized over the whole your, your transfer fee. So let's say it's $10 million. It gets amortized over the four-year contract or the three-year contract. But if you were in a position, you could buy it down. So think of TAM more for your DPs and your your high-level guys, whereas GAM can be for anybody. Got it, got it. Now, I want to jump the gun on something else that we were going to talk about for a little bit, and then we'll get back to some really important dates coming up. You mentioned free agency window. We'll talk about a couple different things coming on. But the collective bargaining agreement, I believe it's still known as the CBA in MLS, between Major League Soccer, which you can think of as the administration that runs the league and the owners of the league, and the Major League Soccer Players Association, which obviously represents all the players, that collective bargaining agreement is up at the end of, I believe, this calendar year. Is that right? Or it's somewhere right around the calendar year? It's actually into January, but yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. For all intents and purposes, though, because we're not playing any games right. in that time, yeah, it's, it's up after this, after this season. So a lot has been talked about with this new collective bargaining agreement, what can happen in terms of player salaries or in terms of other benefits that the players get, like, travel and flights and I know that's been a big thing and another thing about TAM TAM possibly being eliminated knowing what you know so far about what you've heard from everybody kind of on the inside about this new CBA are there any changes that you hope come out of this CBA to benefit the players the league everyone in general yeah I mean the first and foremost is obviously player salaries and I think that's the main fight that they're having but some of it is also the quality of life whether that be 
you know, getting the flights, getting certain little concessions from the league. And I think that a lot of the things are going to be addressed. Now, MLS historically has been a league of incremental progress. I think we will continue to see something pulled the way towards what a lot of people want to see, which is basically free market system. Let's go crazy. Right. I doubt that we're going to, you know, see people are saying that we're going to see Gam and Tam disappeared. We might see an extra DP. We might even see a ceiling floor or, you know, a, a salary floor and a higher ceiling. I'm, I'm of the opinion. And just from reading the, the stuff from people that know a lot more of it than I do, yeah. it's going to be more of an incremental change, but I do think that incremental change, whether it is raising a floor is going to really help a lot of these players get what they, what they legitimately deserve. I mean, cause I think, a lot of the guys don't necessarily want to go to Europe just to get the money that they need to get. And it's not even right for them, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, look, the competition is, is one thing, but man, we gotta forget, we can't forget these guys aren't just assets. Like they are people, They're they people, are players, families and everything. And, and you can go to Europe at a different time. I mean, the, the thing is a lot of the negotiations and things that go into this, I mean, the higher salaries that we get, do actually have a knock-on effect on the type of players we can bring in and then how we sell players. Look, you don't want to just bloat salaries because if a team's looking at a player, a young player, and saying, yeah, man, we can bring this in. We can offer to the league a transfer salary of this amount. Oh, wow, the guy's making this much? Hold on. We can't offer that much because obviously no player's going to leave a team to take less money. Sure. So those things are important. But I think I know we will see changes. I don't think we will see the transformational just kind of wipe out changes that I think a lot of people would like to see. But regardless, I feel like, and for those LAFC fans, in with Will Kuntz and John Thorrington and their kind of long-term plan, I don't think it matters how things change. Whatever changes is going to just give them that much more leverage. Because I think we're one of the, we are definitely one of the new age, the new level of MLS where we're like, yeah, give us a little bit more freedom. It's only going to help us. So sure. I think, if you're a team like Houston Dynamo, maybe that doesn't necessarily spend all the time, right. maybe you're a little bit worried. I think, but I think any changes that happen, whether you, we get exactly what people want, are going to be good for us. So I would say that even if we don't throw it out the window, or you know, I'll tell you for sure, we're definitely not getting an open pyramid anytime soon. Right. So don't, right. <laughs> don't lose your minds. It's probably only going to be good things for an LAFC fan. Got it. So we got a lot of important dates coming up. We're recording this. On November the 20th at LAFC corporate offices in downtown LA. Tomorrow is a date that we need to be aware of. Club deadline exercise options. The 25th, end of year waivers. Same day, the 25th, free agency opens. November 26th, we've got the re-entry process. December 3rd, we got stage two of that. Can you help our listeners understand the potential roster ramifications as all these dates approach? Yeah, so tomorrow is a big day because it, it's basically team saying, we're going to keep this player under contract. We're going to deny deny it, and he's now going to be part of the other processes that you just talked about, whether it's free agency, waivers, reentry. So that's a big day. I would say this for people that that look at that: don't. It, obviously, the wording of things sound bad. Declined your option. Right. It naturally feels negative. Negative connotations. Absolutely. Yeah, it has negative connotations. I don't think it always pertains to a player one leaving, and two that they're bad. It just look. Maybe a player slightly underperformed what their contract was at, and we can now come to an agreement as a team. Hey, you're kind of more at this salary level. Let's do this. Um, so I think that tomorrow, or you know, twenty first, whenever whenever yep. you're listening to this, yep. Um, I think that's important, but don't automatically assume that none of the, that we don't want those players are not going to be back. Let me ask you real quick: the players that have that potential to have their option picked up or not. How many players are we talking about with LAFC? Is it a, a large list of players or just a handful? Um, I can say because it's I mean it's going to be coming out. It's a decent group. Okay. Um, but a lot of the core is I mean the core is locked in. Right. So your DPS are all locked in. Walker, Dio. I mean those guys are locked in. Um, it's more of your guys that are your younger guys and more of, let's say, the the rotational squad guys. Those are the guys that you're going to start to hear some news about. And again, doesn't mean that they're gone. It just means that their contract is whatever it is going forward would be different if they stay with us. And that's only made public after a team decides to pick up or decline, or is that? Well, everyone, so it has to be in. So 21st, it. Yeah. it will be made public. Got it. Um, Got it. The MLS will make it public. The teams will also, I mean, we've already seen some teams say, look, we've already done this. And this is stuff that the players that 
it's not like tomorrow they're going to wake up and get a phone call. These guys probably already know. Sure. Like these, these interviews have already happened. Sure. These conversations have already happened. Um, and then I think the other big one is free agency and, and LAFC has greatly benefited from free agency. Now free agency is not exactly what you want in free agency though. There's some weird things to it. Obviously you're only free agent one. If you're eight years minimum in the league, right? Your contract is up and uh, you're 28 years or older. Okay. Not exactly free agency like we know it. However, we have benefited from free agency with guys like Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore. So, oh, and to add on to that, teams can only sign two free agents. So it's not oh, like wow. you can go wild and go. It's not like baseball where you can sign yeah, anybody. You can't just basically. fill out the rest of your roster right. with, with free agents. So I think that that's a place where LAFC is going, definitely going to continue to look because they're usually proven guys. Um, they are guys that normally, if they come into free agency because they've been in the league so long, they probably are going to be looking to make a little bit extra coin. So they're not always going to be cheap, um, but there is value there. Um, but yeah, you can't recreate your entire team through free agency. So when you, when you see these lists of free agents, keep in mind, we're not going to sign. You can't sign five of them. Even right. if you, even if there's 10 bang on starters where you're like, man, we could really use those. Uh, see the, you can sign, you two. can only get two. Okay. Okay. So the other big date that we're all looking forward to December 9th, champions league draw. Much more exciting. For our listeners who are predominantly MLS or just mm-hmm. LAFC fans, of which I am, again, in that camp yeah. as well, explain to our listeners what being a part of this CONCACAF Champions League is and just how big of a deal it is. Well, let me, I, I know you're a teacher, so you're yes. usually working at this time. Yes. But do you get excited for Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the European season? And I think you know why I'm asking. Right. Champions League. UEFA Champions League. This right. is our version. Right. This is the closest thing we have to it. Look, we can't play in that. So just get over it, people. I, I understand. <laughs> Look, you you love seeing Liverpool play Napoli. You love seeing those, and I do too. Right. I'm a Juventus fan. I love all that. Right. But man, to get to see our team, our local team, and by the way, we can all go to these games. Yes. We, I mean, we there's a possibility of us being Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, Jamaica, Costa Rica. Right. I mean, cool places that we can all go to. Right. Our club is going to get to play in international games that mean something. We've gotten two. We've been treated to two cool internationals already, the Dortmund yep. and Vissel Kobe. Kobe yeah. Again, exhibitions, though. I mean, now it means something. that like To know that we're going to go, we're going to travel. I believe we travel in that first round no matter what because of way, the way we're seated. As a pot one team, we will travel in that first round. So to know that we can all travel somewhere, we can all have an away days, international away days, <laughs> get your passport ready. Please don't do anything that's going to keep you from being able to come back to our country. Right, uh-huh. right. Uh, but, Looking at you. Yeah. I don't know, sir. We no, can sir. all travel, but then also come back and know that that second leg under the lights, the closest thing we have to a UEFA Champions League, I mean, that's that's really cool. I mean, the one thing that's different than UEFA Champions League is because it's a smaller, slightly smaller competition. There's 16 teams, whereas Champions League has a group stage and all that. We've They've kind of done away. They used to have a group stage. They've done away with it. Right. So we will know. The cool things about December 9th is this. We will know first our immediate competitor, and then we will know the path that we need to go through to get to the final. So, And what f- you're really saying is to get to play Seattle again in a game that matters, right? That's, Possibly. Right? That's, that's I mean, the big that's MLS the big would love two <laughs> MLS teams in that final because, right? one, it would guarantee that finally we've gotten over that CCL hump. Right. But, no, yeah, we could, we, we're now going to be able to look at it and say, look, if we get past this team, ooh, we don't have to play Club America. We're going to Mexico City. We're going to Azteca. That type of thing. So this December 9th is a big deal because we're going to get to plot out kind of a lot of things. And then beyond that, if you win CCL, yeah. you get to go to the Club World Cup, which if you want to finally compete the closest you can get to Europe, that's when your Liverpool is competing in this year's Club World Cup. That's when you right. compete against the winners of other confederations. So it's it's a big deal, I think. A lot. I do know a lot of people are MLS only fans, or even just became finally became MLS fans because of this team. Yes, I'm. I'm down. I'm. I'm so happy that we get to kind of go on this ride and learn about these things together because it is pretty cool that people can kind of form their own opinions about it and not be kind of tampered by you know what's gone on in the past. We can learn to love international competitions together, and I think we should just look at it as this: it's international con- competition. It's another trophy. That's yeah. the way LFC looks at things. Hey, if there's a trophy on the line. We're going to win. We don't play just to play games. Love it. Yeah, no, it's definitely an exciting thing. I mean, being a, a newly interested person in MLS, I didn't get into <laughs> it until 2015. And that was mainly because of NYCFC. They didn't draw in the CONCACAF Champions League. 
Hence, I didn't pay attention to it. You were kind of new, too, with the Sounders. I mean, we, we, the fact that we get to learn all this stuff together is pretty cool. And you mentioned a couple of places geographically. You mentioned a couple teams. Is there any particular team that you hope that we draw? I mean, I would love to go back to Costa Rica just because I, I, I like Costa Rica. So, Saprisa <laughs> okay. is one of those. Uh, and I can't, now, the, uh, now that I say that, the other Costa Rican team uh, evades me. I think what is cool is this. We're in pot one. I mean, not that I don't stack up LAFC against any team, but the fact of the matter is this. Our season will not have started when this first round of competition starts. So would I want to be playing Club America? Not necessarily. Not really. <laughs> and we won't get. We won't have to because they're in the same pot. We don't right. have to worry about them in the first round at all. So that is a benefit to us. Now, an in-season, in-form LAFC against Club America or uh, against Cruz Azul or those bigger Mexican teams, sure. yeah, I'll take my chances. But I do kind of like that this first round, and I don't want to call them lesser competition. They're just not more historically known competitions. So the Costa Rican sides, the Portimore United from Jamaica, you know, good teams in their own right, good teams from their country. Um, but I like our chances against that, even sure. in out-of-season LFC. And then now let's get into the big boys. Let's let's go to Azteca. Let's play Club America. Huh. I mean, let's be so crazy. I mean, let's be on the biggest stage because. The way I look at it is this. I believe in my heart that what we've built is sustainable and we will be have the chances to continue to go to these places. So let's not be afraid of the big stage because, yeah, maybe like the playoffs, we'll get knocked out. But we can come back stronger the next year with everything we've learned. And let's just always let's just always be on the people front of people's minds as the team, one of the teams from MLS that year in and year out, you're like, it's another Champions League draw. LAFC is going to be a part of it. Right. Oh, I would love that. All right, so let, let's move on to another topic, Vince. You do something that we do as well. Let's talk about your podcast, Inside LAFC, that you do with Max Bredos. Where did the idea to start this podcast come from? Uh, so you guys know Seth Burton. Sure. Yes. Head, head of PR. I mean, he's, He used his office with, yeah. with the Javier Perez interview. Yeah, yeah when you guys were, were doing another, another podcast. So Seth and I talked about it even in the first season. Hey, man, it'd be great to have a podcast, but we couldn't really get it. You know, there's so many moving parts in that first season to, to do things. What do we do here? What do we do here? Sure. But obviously, we had Max Bredos. I mean, the, he's an asset. He's Max Bredos. He's the, vo- he's the voice of soccer in this country for so many people for so long. Yeah. He hates when I say that because he's like, well, it <laughs> makes me seem old. I'm like, well, too <laughs> bad. Too bad. You're, the, you're one of the godfathers. That's, that's what you're in for. Right, that's right, you. right. Um, so we always knew we had that in our back pocket. It was just a matter of now freeing up time and, and trying to do it right because we didn't want to just do a podcast to do it. It needed to sound great. It needed to have cool ideas. Luckily, Max and I are of like minds in a lot of things. I mean, people like to tell us to stick to LAFC because they're like, I don't care about uh, Thin Lizzy and I don't care about <laughs> uh, you know where you went to eat tacos at. Can you right? please just talk about the team? And we're like, look, this is how we roll. Like yeah. we put together an idea, just like you guys, we put together a kind of a rubric of what we want to do and what we want to talk about. Yeah. But right off the top, first of all, I can't control Max. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, know who can. You yeah. can only hope to contain him. Yeah. Right? He's, he's uncontrollable. I mean, I, look, he's never been on time for anything we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hate that. Um, and I, uh, lately I like to tell him he'll, he'll start off the podcast and like his very broadcaster. Hey, like the podcast, do this. And I go, are you going to tell people that I'm here? Like they can't <laughs> see us. I'm next to you. And so he, so he, I, the other day he shocked me by going, welcome to inside IOC. Hey Vince. And I go, Hey Max, what's up? And he goes, Oh, I just, you talked about never bringing me. I go, Oh, finally you listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, but Max has this, this easy way about him. And I think that's what everyone loves about Max um, where he can kind of just play along and, and he's so much, like-minded like me but also so much more polished so whereas i may stumble in some things like remember to rate and review the show i forget that all the time right. max has got it covered i don't have to worry about that and max is able to flow things and we're able to just have a good time and to be honest with you we do a podcast almost every day that max comes in here anyways like the second he walks <laughs> in i'm like hey that tweet you did the other day i don't like it why did you do that don't say that about this team don't say that about this and we go on for like 15 minutes people are like can you guys just do just this on your podcast? Pod, right? We don't care. So right. that's how it came about. Um, now the other, the, but the whole time also was the other lanes. We wanted those other lanes where it was the back-to-back podcast, which I did not know that that's what we were going to get out of it. We just knew we wanted some player lanes. Yeah. And those players really, I will give them all the credit in the world. They picked it up and they ran with it. You you know when you do something with a player, you're like, yeah, I mean, we're going to do a podcast. And you're thinking, all right, I'm going to have to do all the work. I'm going to have to write all the scripts. Man, day one, I sat down with Walker and I set it up. I'm like, we're ready to go. He pulls out his phone. He goes, I got my script on my phone. I was like, 
Yo, <laughs> he's ready to roll. All right, let's nice. do like let's do this. And then Beta and, and Jordan, I, I like literally gave. I'm like, hey, here's a mobile mic. Like you can use it. Like just take it with you. I don't need it all the time. I've got other setups for other things. And they hit me up one day. They're like, we're about to get on a plane. Huh, we're I taking the private. Mod. We're taking the private plane. Uh, run us through the setup one more time. I'm like, wait, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're gonna do, we're gonna do the podcast. Will you just run us through? Like, we're literally getting on the plane right now. I'm like, okay, so I'm talking, Jordan through it. I go, wait, so you guys are gonna just podcast on the plane? Yeah. I'm like, I love it. This is exactly it's what it's perfect, for, right? Like, this is exactly what you guys were supposed to do, and and they're so good at it. Like, I I hate that they're so good at it. Like, they really are so good at it. So those are, I think we're gonna look to explore, continue to explore more avenues. I think. One thing to look forward to, and I, I don't know for sure if it will happen, but Espanol. Yeah. We have Spanish-speaking players. We have uh, a, a wide fan base. Um, we have a lot of Spanish-speaking players that they can speak English, but they they speak they feel so much more comfortable in Spanish. Sure. They can share so many more things in Spanish. Sure. And collectively, and we talk about putting a mirror and being able to see yourself. I think that's something that we, we want to venture into um, to really showcase those guys because they should have their moment. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to come on podcasts. I don't need to have Edward Atuesta through Max Bredos being mm. translated. Edward Atuesta is a well-spoken, yeah. smart guy on his own. So yeah. maybe maybe that's something he wants to do. I think that's another avenue we're going to continue to explore. Again, we like to do the things that we do well and do them better the next time. Well, you know, I'm sure you've seen all the requests on Twitter. Obviously, we get the questions every now and then. But the real question is, when are you going to do your first jacuzzi <laughs> interview like Max has done now several times? <sighs> I was kind of bummed that I wasn't, I always like whenever things come up. So whenever things come up, I'm like, Oh yeah, Max, good luck with that. And then it happens. I'm like, man, why couldn't I be a part of <laughs> right, that? Right, like, right. Why couldn't I open? <laughs> Max got so much stick from everybody. Like the, you see in the video, like Rossi throws a ball at him. <laughs> right. That was just like the little bits. I mean, <laughs> the and, outtakes are even better. And then, well, the face that when Bob walked by, and was just like, really <laughs> like max i knew you were a character but really like we are a professional organization we just had training but i mean they had fun with it uh yeah man i'm i'm bummed but i, I would rather do it not with max right right, right. No, you, you and another player yeah you know, yeah, yeah 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 me, right. me and a you know more fit guy hanging out you know. right. i'm sure he's gonna love that one <laughs> So real quick, plug the Inside LAFC pod. Where can they follow the Inside LAFC pod? And how can our listeners follow you again? We're here with Vince Larosa, digital manager, LAFC. That's probably the, the, the easy title that he gets. But this man does everything in every different lane of media that LAFC has. How can they follow both you on social media and the podcast? Yeah, we, I mean, we're in Rich Roscoe's office. So I have to, we'll have to give a plug to Rich Roscoe. Yep. At LAFC Rich. Obviously, he hit me up and said, hey, why don't you change your name to at LAFC Vince? Cause it's very easy and you yep. can find me very easily. So yep. it's at LAFC Vince, uh, the podcast, we, we push it out through the normal channels. We don't have to follow an extra, uh, an extra thing. It's just at LAFC. Obviously, if you want to, you know, find it on your dial, I suppose we could call it right. uh, on the podcast, just right. type in inside LAFC. One of the great benefits is those other lanes that we talk about with the players. If you subscribe to inside LAFC, if you hate Max and I, just skip those. <laughs> you can listen to Jordan. You can listen to Walker, and you can get all the shows. It's all in one place. I think we're going to keep it that way going forward. Um, you guys know as much as I do. Podcast metrics are a mess. Yep. I don't know anything. No one knows. It's the Wild West. Right, right, right. So as of right now, we're going to keep it that way. It might change. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, again, I know all of our fans are super excited to hear from you. You're a large part of everything that goes on from the – keys to the match that they get to see beforehand where it's you and max kind of talking about everything that we need through all the way to the post-game interviews and so many more things throughout our entire week again we're here with vince Larosa at lafc vince and for some reason if you've gone this far 70 episodes into defenders of the bank Dang, and you're not following so us for some reason at defenders of the bank on instagram and facebook and at defend the bank on twitter of course sitting here with my buddy christian philly philemon my partner in pod for life. Damn straight. Rich Roscoe's office. This has been an incredible interview and, and just a good time hanging out and talking with Vince LaRosa. We hope to have you on several more times so you can explain to us several more things that we don't know about, like Tam and Gam. Dude, I'm an open book. I will, I mean, look, I'll say this for you guys. You guys are everywhere, and I love that about you guys, and I love the commitment. I mean, I, there's no place that I would go that I would not expect to see you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, man, so awesome. whenever I do see you, I'm not like, oh, hey, happy to see you. Surprise. I'm like, yeah, hey, good to yeah. see you guys. It's like, it's, it's old friends. So thank, thank you, you for, fi- for finally having me on. I, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I 
didn't get in there beforehand, but I appreciate you having me on, and I'm at your disposal. Oh, that's awesome. We got we to gotta give him some Julius Peppers. That's right. Next time. So real quick, we are, are right now in talks with our good friends over at Free Play. We're organizing our one-year anniversary for our podcast over at Free Play LA. They have brought back, or they are bringing back at least starting Friday of this week. That's the 22nd, I believe it is. Right? Yes, sir. All right. Black, and, Black gold and Gold Fridays is back at Free Play. So make sure you guys come by on Fridays. They always have lots of good drink specials, food specials. And of course, as it said on the menu, the official, official drink, drink of Defenders, Defenders of, of the, the Bank, Bank, Julius Peppers. You. Yeah. It's a beautiful little now $6 shooter that you can enjoy with all of your friends. A little jalapeno vodka never hurt anybody. So we <laughs> hope, we hope to enjoy <laughs> one there with our buddy Vince. Again, you guys have been listening to episode 70 of Defenders of the Bank. And you guys know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye.